Hey, it's Lex. What the heck is this 20-minute Well of Sound episode popping up in your podcast feed? Don't Dave and I go on for hours at length about how Sammy Hagar has a sprinkler business and Phil Collins was almost in a movie about Goldilocks and the Three Bears starring Bob Hoskins and Danny DeVito? Yes. Yes, we do. We do that. And don't worry, we will again when our Chrissy Hind episode drops sometime next month. But this here is another mini-sode, like our George Harrison Dark Horse episode. This one is Daryl Hall's Sacred Songs, and it too is plucked from our two-hour underrated solos bonus episode, which you can find over on our Patreon page. Anyway, I just wanted to give you a little context before you jump into our chat about an album that not too many people talk about. But it is a great entryway into a whole lot of other music that's part of the Robert Fripp verse. Hope you dig it as much as I do. And thanks for listening. album for me is Daryl Hall's <laughs> Sacred Songs. Um, I feel like uh, my impression of Daryl Hall has always been corny up until the point when... Great I, hair. Great hair. Um, all over MTV, right, as, as we were kids. Um, up to the point when I finally got into Hall & Oates and I was like, these guys are phenomenal. 70s is a different sound, um, a little folky, and then there's the shift into the 80s sort of MTV hits that that we know, Maneater and Private Eyes and and all that wonderful stuff. Good stuff. And I still don't know what exactly Oates does. Apparently John Oates wrote the song for Ruffin. And I, he, oh, right. He, yeah, he, I don't know what he does either. <laughs> it's one of the great questions. He's clearly involved somehow. It's a question mus- for musically. the ages. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... So uh, in ni- so this album, Sacred Songs, is released in 1980. It was recorded in 1977, uh, and RCA uh, shelved it um, because they thought it was weird. And guess what? It is it's weird. weird. Yeah. Before I, w- I really got into Hall & Oates, I think I found this album first, and I, I was just attracted to Oddball records and mm-hmm. and this is one because of the pairing this is produced by robert fripp of king crimson yep um and who many people might have recently discovered because of his and his wife toya's uh weekly cover songs on youtube they've uh, become a real sensation in, a sensation during, the during sunday a- lunch I didn't see it coming. Robert, Fripp, I did, you know, not at the, all. The sound of the guitar on "Heroes," yeah, by Bowie would 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 have this sort of YouTube career, but he really lets it all hang out. 
And so does she. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Literally. I wanna hold you, but I better not touch. I wanna love you, but my senses tell me to stop. Wanna kiss you, but I wanna too much. I wanna taste you, but your lips are venomous poison. Yeah, so in, in 1976, um, Hollow Notes are doing okay. They've got Sarah Smile, uh, they've got She's Gone, and Rich Girl is is sort of their big, gigantic Those are great songs. first hit. Yes. Fantastic songs. But I think as far as a career goes and the label goes, they don't feel like Hollow Notes has sort of gotten to that skyrocket point that maybe the label believes that they they can Mm -hmm. so there's a there's sort of a pause there in 76 77 um where they're not entirely locked in creatively on on what it is that's that's next and rca green lights a solo album for daryl hall and he's in an experimental mood um he's known fripp uh for a few years um, Fripp is in, uh, has moved to Hell's Kitchen in New York and is doing stuff with like uh, Blondie and the Roche sisters. When he left King Crimson in 74, or when King Crimson, I think, split up in 74, uh, he pairs up with our good buddy Brian Eno for No Pussy Footing and Evening Star. And all, Fripp is also on those Eno solo albums that we talked about in the uh, Genesis episode with Phil Collins. Um, he's he's sort of we're working. talking about the Peter Gabriel stuff. No, we're talking about the Eno stuff. Oh, the Eno stuff. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, Babies on Fire and Another Green World and 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 that stuff. So he's sort of working out a new phase for himself. Um, which he calls Frippertronics, which is looping. It's looping tapes. Um, And what he's working on are are soundscapes, um, which is a lot of what's on Evening Star in particular. And Daryl Hall's excited about collaborating in in this way, just kind of figuring out what it is that, if they combine their sounds, what it's going to be. And uh, the first thing I'll play is uh, Something in 4-4 Time. I love that song, and it's also an attack on commercialism. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right, biting the hand that feeds, but it's also like, uh, yeah, I, I love it. It's it's got it's new, so new wave energy. It doesn't have the soul, blue eyed soul stuff at all. No, not at all. I mean, the line is uh, sooner or later, it's a matter of money, and then it's just a matter of time. 
So he's 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 right up there fighting with what will drive Hall and Oates, and then he, he really gets into a sort of an angry uh, uh, chorus of always rhymes, always rhymes, always rhymes. It's pretty great, um, and and. You know, what? one of the things that Fripp says about this album and Daryl Hall is that because it was such a fork in the road, period, um, because uh, Private Eyes and Maneater and all that stuff hadn't happened yet and sort of cemented what we know to be Hall & Oates, uh-huh. um, that really had RCA uh, release this album in 77 right in that punk, post-punk sweet spot that Daryl Hall might have been perceived differently as far as music history goes. It's more in the Bowie camp than, um, than now. I mean, that's Fripp's opinion, but, um, I could see that though. I mean, it's, it's not, yeah. I mean, I wonder if like, what was, what was the, it did sell. Okay. Right. But it was not really, or not, was it? not really. If, if it, yeah, I think it charted and, um, it, uh, you know, it comes out during, I think what the album's called ecstatic. Um, it's, it's, it's right in there. 81 is, is the big sort of hollow notes, you know, explosion. Um, so it's sort of at the right time for folks to pick it out, pick it up on a, on a whim. Um, but Fripp is really inspired by this collaboration. I would say on this, so Daryl Hall uh, really writes most of the songs, mm-hmm. and Fripp supplies these sort of soundscape, uh, this this guitar and looping sound um, that's in there that I'll play in a second. But uh, really, this this is still Daryl Hall's show. But what Fripp takes from it he applies um, to producing Peter Gabriel's second album. Okay. Which has some songs that will also appear on his, on, on Fripp's solo album. Like Here Comes the Flood, right? Here, it, actually, it's on Here both comes, those. Isn't it on? Here Comes the Flood is on uh, Peter Gabriel's first album, which is produced by our bud, Bob Ezrin. <laughs> um, but... But Fripp records a Fripp version. Fripp records a version of "Here Comes the Flood," which is, I think, is actually worth playing because it's a raw version. It's one I uh, prefer. Actually, uh, it has the sound of that Kate Bush special where he uh, that I think I posted oh, on Instagram so once, good. where it's just a rawer sound. Whereas the Bob Ezrin sound is maybe overproduced with a lots of you know probably kids in the chorus, <laughs> as we've seen. I took the old track, the hollow shoulder across the waters. On the tall cliffs, they were getting older, sons and daughters. The jaded underworld was riding high. Waves of steel hurled metal at the sky. And as the nails sunk in the cloud, the rain was warm and soaked in the crowd. Again, 
the seas are silent in any still alive it'll be those who gave their island to survive drink up dreamers you're running dry what ends up happening on on uh frips solo album which is in 78 after he does after he works with peter gabriel and daryl hall is um his sound behind a handful of vocalists that are really strong obviously we just heard that peter gabriel vocal which is is so good um but daryl hall is actually on a lot of the original version of fripp's uh solo album called exposure really yeah and it was taken out because rca had already made this move about not releasing sacred songs in 77. So, uh, Fripp had to strip out. Fascinating. Yeah. His, his, um, his vocals, but let me play a song on sacred songs that melds these two, the Daryl Hall's vocals with Fripp's sort of sonic scapes. So it's sort of meditative stuff, hence the title, Sacred Songs. D- Daryl Hall says that he's, he's, he's after, at that point, was into Aleister Crowley and magic and, wow. and spiritual expression. The Jimmy um, Page. Yeah, basically. He was interested in uh, the Celts and the Druids. And um, there's a really great epic song called Babs and Babs about two lovers. And it goes from from you know them together to them splitting apart, and Fripp just kind of guides us through with his his guitar. It's 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 amazing. Wow, you're the, you're the first person that, by the way, that ever told me about Sacred Songs, and that, that it's also part of this like trilogy, basically. which it is. Yeah, it's a trilogy, and so much so. Fripp, I think, was so enchanted by Daryl Hall as a as a vocalist that when he decides to get um, to reform King Crimson in the 80s uh, with what end up being Discipline, Beat, and Three of a Perfect Pair. Um, it's a totally new sound and a very 80s sort of new wave slash post-punk sound for King Crimson. He wants Daryl Hall to be the vocalist <laughs> for these for this new uh, trajectory. Um, so the last thing I'll play is uh, Survive which is kind of the perfect, for me, synthesis of both styles, which is Hall's really strong, um, beautiful vocals with, uh, with Fripp's sound. You were born in freedom
So, so does Daryl Hall. Um, and I, I, the reason why I say that is because right now he's on tour with Todd Rundgren and he's doing, and a lot of the set list is from this album. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I like it a lot. I just love the, the I, I think it's what I'm going to... bringing me right back into sort of Peter Gabriel world is what right. it feels like. So I think what I'll do actually is um, create a, kind of a tighter version of that trilogy um, and, and make a playlist because I, I, I've, I've always wanted to do that and, and I just it's so rich with so many different elements that we've already talked about we've talked about Peter Gabriel Phil Collins plays on North Star which is on Exposure cool for me to be with you 